Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. What is the good word today out there in Liberty Land, my friends? Hello, hello. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode 50. You know, I had had some momentous plans for episode 50, and then I realized that despite all of these uh, machinations behind the scenes, trying to get some guests in place, trying to come up with some really fantastic idea for what to do with episode 50, which is a milestone, don't get me wrong, 50 episodes is nothing to scoff at, but really it's no 100 episodes, let's say. But still, I want to do something special. Unfortunately, what ended up happening is that the holidays crashed down upon me like a like an anvil in a Woody Woodpecker cartoon, making it virtually impossible for me to do much other than a solo show. And basically what happened is that recording all of our other special shows, like we just did our Liberty Draft uh, special show, we're doing a bunch of uh, li- you know, libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor shows, I've got my regular show, and I fly out. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to New York City for uh, for about five days to see my family. So what ended up happening is that I just have to go ahead, do episode 50 in a quasi-disappointing fashion. There'll be nothing fancy-pancy about this episode. But I will have a chance to take on a uh, an interesting topic and one that I've been thinking about a little bit these last couple days, and that I hope that you will find illuminating and perhaps thought-provoking. Now, this being episode 50, that, of course, means, as always, you can find any show notes for the show, and there won't be a lot of them, really. Uh, this is more of a intellectual exercise than it is hard news reporting. So there's not going to be a lot of links really to stories, but I, there might be a little bit, uh, a little bit of stuff there, but you can find that at lionsofliberty.com forward slash E L L five zero, because that is part of the challenge of recording an episode many days before it's actually going to air, especially when you have a current event show like mine. So what I've decided to do instead is add together all of the current events that have been happening over the past, uh, you know, whatever, year or so, I guess all told, basically since Trump took office and a little bit of the run-up to that, and ask a question that is quite poignant and one that is uh, is alternately offered with some some hope, some sense of inspiration, and also offered from the, uh, <laughs> the progressives and the Republicans uh, alternating times as a slap in the face to libertarians, which is, is this the true libertarian moment? Now, that, of course, has been bandied about. It got thrown out there when Rand Paul had been running against uh, Trump and Clinton, two of the least popular candidates of all time, and yet... Rand was unable to capture the nomination for the Republican Party. Trump, as we all know, continued on in epic fashion and a, a historical win, really, when you think about it, for a man just coming out of coming out of nowhere, pretty much, and taking the presidency. That, of course, has inspired all sorts 
of investigations, both on the legal side of things, on the cultural side of things, and also has inspired, in my opinion, a lot of this hashtag me too uh, exercise in calling people out for their sexual aggressions. Of course, Trump very famously had this Billy Bush tape come out wherein he had stated that, you know, when you're rich, women will let you grab them in the pussy. That inspired a generation of women to stand up. Although, <laughs> meanwhile, also, I think more of them actually voted for Trump than Hillary Clinton. But still, you had all these younger women stand up and say, oh, this is unacceptable you know, to, to say that you'll grab women by the pussy. And, uh, and, you know, I guess you could argue that it is unacceptable to say such a thing in broader context. I would argue that men say these things all the time, every single day, which they do when they're not uh, being recorded. But anyway. So you've got this Me Too movement that's been inspired that has basically ousted uh, and outed all of these people from their congressional seats. You've got Conyers, who has decided that he is going to call it quits after several allegations came forward about his behavior in office. You've got this congressional slush fund exposed that was a joint combination of Republican and Democrat minds that have put this thing together, which is essentially just a fund that pays out and takes care of any people that do accuse congressional members of any wrongdoings of a sexual nature. And that is, uh, to this day, paid about $17 million in settlements, which has to be hundreds, hundreds of accounts, hundreds of settlements out there. If you're, if you're going by the Conyers number, which is about 27000 for the last one that he uh, hushed up through this fund. But let me start from the beginning. You know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I want to make this uh, very clear where I'm going from uh, from a, a thought process. So, so you've got Trump. He takes office. Once he's in office, you have a distinct political, uh, I'd say, <laughs> I don't even know, a zeitgeist, <laughs> a political zeitgeist going on. Because you really did have his election inspire so many people to get involved in politics. You had this whole women's march, which was around, kind of, but really took a lot more prominence as soon as he got into office. They were getting a lot of attention. They have since fallen to the wayside a bit. But still, you had marches every day, it seemed like. Marches for good causes. Marches for stupid causes. Marches for causes that weren't even related to Trump, but somehow were tied into Trump. But he inspired a lot of political belief. He inspired a lot of political action and reaction. Now, that being said, he also inspired a lot of legal action. So we had this special probe put in place. We had this Mueller investigation. We've got, we got this going on the one side where it's diving into what is going on on the Trump side of things, looking into the, uh, the conduct that had been coming out of Flynn, that has been coming out of Kushner, that had been coming out of Donald Jr. So you've got all this going on. But you also have this, this report that came from Fusion GPS, which had slandered Trump all the time, saying that he was abusing women and having Russian hookers urinate on him in a bed just because he had uh, he was using the same bed as Obama. That was my favorite story. <laughs> that Trump hired, hired hookers not only to pee on him because he enjoyed it, uh, as so this report alleged, and also did it because it was the same bed that Obama and Michelle had slept in while in Russia. That is fantastic, uh, and I love every second of it. So anyway, this, this, this bullshit document that was created, and it was exposed later on through the Mueller investigations that that document had actually been commissioned by the Hillary Clinton campaign, that it had been uh, paid for by the DNC. So you've got 
this this investigation stemming from all of this cultural zeitgeist, from all of this effort to attack Trump. I mean, he is the catalyst for what I will argue is the true libertarian moment. Because you've got all this exposure. So you've got these corruptive practices exposed. Now, Trump, I still is going to, I think he's going to come out on top when it comes to all this. It doesn't look like to me that he's actually done anything wrong. And in truth, the more that becomes exposed, the more it becomes very clear that he has not done anything wrong. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Republicans are winners in this situation. And I'll go into that. So because of this Me Too exposure of people that are doing uh, just, you know, underhanded practices when it comes to sexual conduct as congressmen or as as uh, senators, you've got Conyer, Democrat, he's out. You've got Al Franken being roasted over the coals. He is saying he's not going to retire or not going to resign, but it seems like it's a matter of time now. He's getting pressured from, I think, 20 different Democratic senators to resign. Then you've got a recent news story that shows that Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, the queen of Democrats currently, although her uh, leadership is actually in question as well, you've got the queen of Democrats saying that basically that she had knowledge of these allegations for the last year at the very least, and cover them up. So you've got all of these Democrats now who are getting lined up on murderer's row and getting, uh, getting taken down by the firing squad. You've got the woman who's supposed to be leading them, that's supposed to be deciding the Democratic Party's future and direction and speaking for them. She has been complicit in this, in this scheme this entire time. And you've got all these Democrats now who are, are looking for the corruption that's not there. They're looking to the representatives for leadership and guidance and finding out that they are just as despicable people as you could ask for, including Harvey Weinstein, who was in bed with Hillary Clinton, who somehow still not not even gotten a tenth of the hatred she she warrants through all this process for being a truly despicable, corrupt individual. But the Weinstein come, scandal comes out, the fact that he was such a big supporter of the Clintons and the Democrats, this guy's now, his, he's out of there. And now on the other side of the coin, you've got Roy Moore and you've got people coming ahead and accusing him. Now, one of the allegations to me seems a little bit shaky, but there's still enough there to put in question what kind of person he is. I'm sure there's going to be other people that come out too with Democrats or, or excuse me, Republicans who are going to accuse them of more sexual misconducts moving forward. Basically, what's happening here is that both sides are being very clearly exposed as the scummy-bellied pieces of shit that they are. And it's becoming very obvious. And as you look at all of the different ways in which they're working to cover it up, all different ways that these, like, these Republicans are coming forward in the midst of, of Roy Moore being accused of essentially being a pedophile— and going out with 17, women from 14 to 17 at one point was what the media was reporting. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to say that this man, just because he was accused, should be let go. Like, you know, the Matt Lauer thing, there's a lot of allegations against Matt Lauer. Don't get me wrong. But they had, you know, NBC had fired him basically the next day after the accuser came forward. That to me is absurd. You should put someone in suspension. You, while you research it, while you figure out what's happening, let them have their day in court. Now, as a publicist, I know that this is a, a media nightmare. These people are just trying to get ahead of the media wave that's coming at them of negative press and negative publicity and trying to get ahead of the social media reaction. That much is very clear. And look, I've advised clients in the past, 
actually in a very similar circumstance where there was sexual misconduct, which was reported by a client of mine. And I had essentially told him, look, you got to just cut bait. Now, I understand what they're doing. Do I think it's right? No, I still don't. However, we are seeing that these, you know, these actions are taking place. You've got these Republicans that are stumping for more, even though these allegations are going on and they're getting lumped in. So people that are independents that are in the middle of this, which are still the largest voting bloc in the country by far. Uh, I think it's over 50% of Americans are still independents. Are looking at this. They're looking at both sides that are arguing that have been in power for so long. And they're finding themselves asking, is it time for a change? There was a recent poll taken where more people now than ever, than ever in the past, even before the elections, even while Trump and Clinton were going at it, even while Clinton was stumping around in her brown burlap sack and the Donald was desperately trying to keep his hair in place on national TV and creeping around behind her back on those weird debates where they were circling like two uh, decrepit prize fighters to get one last shot at the uh, a payday pay for their grilled cheese sandwiches and soup at the old folks' home. Even when that was going on, you still didn't have as much demand as there is right now for a legitimate third-party option. So, the question arises. Is it now that is the true libertarian moment, my friends? I'm going to talk a little bit more about that right after this. I know many of you are facing major decisions with your healthcare right now, and I want to make sure that you know about an amazing alternative to your standard corporatized health insurance known as Health Excellence Plus. Health Excellence Plus is an incredible program that helps you keep medical costs under control by taking charge of your own healthcare and not leaving all the decisions about what doctors you see, and what procedures you need or don't need up to some corporate bureaucrat. Along with providing 24-7 access to medical professionals, tax-deferred health savings accounts, and preventative care, Health Excellence Plus empowers you to finally take control of your health care. To learn more, head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health or call the special hotline for Lions of Liberty listeners at 855-290-4447. Be sure to mention Lions of Liberty. Welcome back, my friends, to Electric Liberty Land, episode 50, where I am asking the question, is now the actual libertarian moment? The reason I'm asking that is because Trump has knocked over the dominoes, and they are falling very quickly, and they're falling, in my opinion, in our favor. And this has all come about very fast. I would not have said this two months ago, even. I wouldn't have thought this is a libertarian moment. But because of what's happened, because of the exposing of all of the creeps and bleeps and fleeps and a little space balls reference for all of you out there that have been exposed in Congress and in the House and in politics in general and in the media and in the funding system that's behind all of this. We have an opportunity to show these people there is another way. And that's what Americans want right now. You know, Trump's promise when he went into office was to drain the swamp. And what we're seeing is that as this swamp is getting drained, and look, this is it. This might not have been the way that Trump had planned to drain this swamp. 
I mean, I'm sure he wanted to drain it in a very different way by pushing people out and maybe through political means, maybe through through uh, policy positions and voting them in the old fashioned way through local elections. But what we're seeing is a draining of the swamp. These people are on the run. They're terrified. Not only are we seeing a draining of the swamp in the actual representatives, but now we're seeing a draining of the deep state as well. And what I love is that we're not seeing people exposed as liberty-loving, freedom-loving protectors of our rights in the FBI and in the CIA. What we're seeing is people getting exposed as very politicized. Look, I could say it this episode, guys. (laughs) If you didn't hear the last episode with me and Howie, we could not say politicize or politicization for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why. Anyway. You're seeing these people, you're seeing the Andrew Wallensteins, you're seeing the Peter Strox or Strazox or whatever his name is. You're seeing the James Comeys exposed as Democrat shills. And I'm sure there are an equal number of them on the right, the pro-Trump shills. But what we're not seeing is people that are apolitical, people that are in there for the right reasons, people that are like, if you had a libertarian head of the FBI, my God. Would you have some amazing things happening within that organization? Again, exposing this, the draining of this swamp, the lower that water level goes, the better we look. Because people are starting to realize that the two-team system, this two-party system just takes turn going in circles, that there's no real change happening here, that we're still across the board. No matter who's in charge, the debt keeps going up. America keeps extending itself in foreign policy situations. And now, you know, you've got uh, Hamas because Donald Trump just said that he wants to make, you know, okay, well, Jerusalem's the capital of Israel. So Hamas has said, well, that's a declaration of war, which I think we all saw coming. Uh, You know, I... As far as Trump's moves, I give him a lot of credit sometimes for the moves he decides to make. This move, I don't understand I swear to God, I don't understand it at all. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent. I'll probably go into that a little bit more when we come back. We'll see. I may do a, a episode 50 redux show if I could get something good planned and have time over the holidays a little bit. It'll be like a, it'll be like Tom Woods style, wherein his thousandth show was actually like his thousand one thousandth fourth show or something like that. So we'll see. But you've got this war state that continues to expand. You've got, uh, even with, and I'll give Trump credit with Mathis and what they're doing with ISIS now. And maybe ISIS was on the run. Maybe ISIS was unsustainable as it was as an organization because it's designed as a rebel organization, not as an actual government that can can maintain itself as many revolutions go, even this one, uh, as perverted this revolution was. So perhaps ISIS was on the outs anyway, but ISIS is crumbling very quickly. Now, that being said, (laughs) as we see oftentimes, When these organizations crumble that are in power, what happens? Well, the United States goes in and we take over and we decide that we are going to shepherd them into a new era of democracy, which never seems to arrive. And if it does arrive and the wrong democracy uh, or the wrong people are elected via that democracy, then we see that America decides that we're going to overthrow that government once more. So the, the consistent destabilization of the region. Now, one of the things that Donald Trump did have on his side going in was a resistance to regime change. And that ideal coincidentally aligns with libertarianism, as does reducing the deficit, as does cutting taxes, as does 
cutting corporate taxes and stimulating growth of the economy. So the things that he's doing that people see, and, and I think that once this tax cut happens, even though it will increase the debt, uh, it will overall cut most people's taxes. Despite the Democratic lies, and they are just that, pure lies, to the contrary, the tax cuts will greatly reduce taxes for, I mean, almost anybody I know. Because the middle class, as it is, quote-unquote middle class, doesn't really exist anymore. Um, the upper class and people that are middle upper, which I, I guess I am now, <laughs> you know, shocking, because living in L.A., uh, middle upper class is like you know, scraping along to, uh, to, to try to buy anything that's, uh, of remedially nice value. I'll tell you that much, but I know I am, uh, I will save somewhere around $2,000 on my taxes. I know Mark said he was saving about $2,000 on his taxes under this new plan. I think, I think unanimously, most of the lions are going to save about two grand and most families are going to save about that. Most people are in general will save a good amount on taxes. That being said, when you cut the corporate tax, like you are, that's where I see the true positioning for growth. That's where I see uh, a real opportunity to grow the economy, to stimulate jobs in this country once again, and to get things going. Because as we all know, once you get that out of the way, when you make it more enticing for corporations to come in here, start a business, and you're not going to just rape the shit out of them with taxes, that's when you're actually going to have a economy. That's why we have these, these economic zones, like the ones that Rand Paul and others have tried to create and have created, where you get rid of the taxes. And what do you see happen there? You see businesses spring up because they're not getting burdened by ridiculous taxes constantly. So you see that kind of stuff moving forward, aligning with libertarian values. Now, if you have a candidate that actually can step in there and say, yes, those are our values, but we also want to reign in the war state legitimately reign in the war state. We are for protecting your property rights, which means protecting the rights of yourself over your body. That means it, when it comes to using drugs, which, which 75% or more of Americans now favor medical marijuana. Once we can get somebody in there, what you have your property rights, that goes to drugs, that goes to protecting yourself against sexual assault, Sexual, uh, I, I wouldn't classify harassment as an assault, but sexual assault and any unwarranted touching or unwanted touching. So we can tie it into this movement against that. We can tie it into just people taking responsibility for their own actions and not covering up like this congressional hush fund, taking responsibility for that and saying no more. Taxpayers will not pay for this any longer. There is an opportunity for us now to point out that we are different, that we are better than the options that are on the table. And when it comes to the culture war, we're seeing right now as well, because that was the big where you say, okay, you know, these, these PC warriors, these social justice warriors, they're never going to accept the libertarian candidate because we don't see eye to eye with them. But I'll tell you what, man, I've been having more luck talking to people on the left now than I have previously. Because I think even they are seeing the left is eating its own. It's gone too far. And the message that resonates, in my opinion, and I've had a lot of success with this lately, the message that we have to communicate to people, it's not that libertarians don't care. We want the same end result that they do. But we don't want equality of outcome. We want equality of opportunity. But the end goal we want for people is for everyone to have the best possible chance at succeeding. 
And that may mean trying something different. That may mean that we rethink how the welfare state is organized. So we rethink how how we deal with poverty. We rethink how we deal with education, but we can prove to things that clearly are not working and say, we want to try something different. And it's not because we hate you. It's not because we don't care. It's not because we're cheap. It's because we want to find a better way. And you can continue on with this system wherein all we do is go deeper in debt. All we do is continue to see the poverty level rise. The disparity between rich and poor grows larger every day. And you can continue to do the same thing, which, as we all know, is the definition of insanity. Or you can try something different. And as we see the left continue to eat its own. In Sam Cedar, we saw he has now been thrown upon the altar because of a ridiculous tweet about Roman Klitz. And it was a funny tweet. It was basically a joke about Roman Polanski when, when all these people were, were uh, you know, forgiving Roman Polanski in 2009. And Roman Polanski, who was a convicted child rapist, uh, basically anally raped a 13-year-old girl at 13 and then fled away to Poland. So maybe not Poland. I may be saying that wrong. But he fled, fled the country and has been uh, living in an asylum in another country for all these years. And yet he's still seen as an auteur and this amazing director and all these all these people love to work with him and his films are still made and watched. And all of these PC actors, uh, they just could, could not stop kissing his ass. So Sam Cedar's tweet is essentially that he goes, you know what, uh, if, if, if uh, someone's going to rape my daughter, at least I, well, I'd love to know that they have a fantastic eye for black and white cinema or something like that. Just pointing that out. It's just a joke. And it was a very poignant joke about the fact that people are forgiving a child rapist because of his artistic ability. If anything, it should be applauded. But no, MSNBC let him, lets him go, or MSN, whichever one he was on. And now he's no longer a contributor. Audio Sam. Um, you know, I'm not going to laugh at it because I, uh, you know, on one hand, I kind of want to laugh because he, when he was on the Lions of Liberty podcast, he pissed me off a little bit. Uh, his son, some of his, his, uh, some of his points are a little bit douchey and kind of like gotcha points and just stupid. You know, it's kind of like the way the left likes to argue where they find one stupid point that they can that they feel they have a leg up on you or that you're not prepared for that. They they intentionally figure out that they can have an angle there to, to have a gotcha question. And then they just will not move on from it into other topics that you have ample ways of destroying them on. So anyway, Sam Cedar got eaten up. As we saw, we saw John Oliver attack Dustin Hoffman. Now, Dustin Hoffman arguably deserved it, but still, we're seeing the left turn on itself and uh, and eat their own. And as this happens more and more, again, there arises an opportunity for libertarians there. Because while we're very capable of calling people out, uh, we are not taking this tact wherein everything is uh, an affront, where we constantly have to be censoring things. And it was good to see South Park get back on their, their libertarian horses a little bit here when they're discussing people saying, okay, well, what we thought was funny before is no longer funny anymore. You know, we, we, we were fools to think that that was, uh, that was a good joke back then, and we were wrong, and it was, it was hurtful to people. No. No. What's funny is funny. Things happen at different times. You have different sense of humor during different times of your life, depending on your opinion. It doesn't mean you censor that material. It doesn't mean you eradicate it from history. So again, we have an opportunity here. Between the debt, between the war, between 
the corruption between the sexual misconducts coming from the left, between the left eating its own, between just the hatred that exists ongoing and unbased hatred for Donald Trump. We have to thank this man because he has inspired an entire generation to look at the options they are presented with and decide that there's got to be a better way. So I encourage any of you out there, if you're thinking about running for a libertarian position, if there's something opening up, do it now. And I say that knowing full well that Nick Sawark is running for Phoenix mayor and has no, <laughs> despite this libertarian moment, he has no mention of the fact that he is libertarian or libertarian chair on any of his candidacy materials or website. Absolutely shameful. Absolutely shameful. But those of you out there that are running, please do it now. If there's an opportunity, take that opportunity to run with it because the libertarian moment is now. I really believe this. And if we mess up again, if, if, we, if we lose this opportunity and one of these scumbags gets another shot to put somebody in office that's really going to get, get everybody thinking happy thoughts again about the Republicans or the Democrats, if Trump ends up becoming a fantastic president on an economic level because of these tax cuts, which again, I don't see any way he's going to address the debt, but if somehow that happens some way and they usher in a whole other era of Republicans, we're fucked. If Bernie Sanders somehow gets ushered into office after Trump fails miserably, we're fucked. But we have an opportunity now to start actually getting people into office because there's a chance now to strike while the iron's hot to say this is the third rail. You're not supposed to touch the third rail, but you know what? Sometimes you get to shock the shit out of yourself to get things back on track. And with that, my friends, I will sum up this uh, abbreviated episode this momentous episode 50. I hope you I hope you took something from that. I hope you agree with me on some level. If you did or if you didn't, please weigh in on the Lions of Liberty Forum. Go to Facebook, type in Lions of Liberty Forum. It'll pop right up. You can join there. You can tweet at me, tweet at Lions of Liberty, at Brian McWilliams or at Lions of Liberty. Please share your thoughts there. Come in, comment on the post at lionsofliberty.com. Please share this show you know, most of my shows are probably too goofy to share with this one. Maybe you want to share it around. So share it around with your friends. Give us nice comments on iTunes. That greatly helps us, guys. If you want to support the show, you can do that at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. Anyway, guys, I, I really do hope you try to try to get out there. Hope this inspired you to try to make a run in your local offices. So for me, Brian McWilliams. From the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to Liberty.